year is 1801, and my diary desires I write here, in the calmness of my home, Thrushcross Grange. Yesterday I visited Wuthering Heights to meet with my landlord, as any gentleman would. My spirits were high as I crossed the black frosty moors in search of his residence. From afar, the vacant windows were unsettling, though I suspected upon arrival my feelings might be swayed. Flecks of snow began to settle on the shoulders of my coat, and clouds gathered above the house. As I drew closer, incessant barking echoed from inside. Even now, writing in the quiet solitude of my home, I am still haunted by such creatures. The little gate was locked. I began to rattle it when a burly old man stepped out from the porch. Sir, I'm Mr. Lockwood of Thrushcross Grange. Are you Mr. Heathcliff? Ah, the Lord help us. <laughs> I was taken through the threshold of the battered house. Inside, he gestured towards the dining room, where I took pleasure in resting from the cold wind. He looked at me sourly. Master Heathcliff will be here to see you shortly. The room was nothing more than ordinary, but I thought better than to touch the stale bread upon the table. There were a handful of scowling mutts who lurked by the fire. I took a seat in the furthest corner. Just as the largest one launched itself at me. Foul devils, the lot of you! Get off me! You'd better leave those dogs alone. Mr Heathcliff, I've come from my home at Thrushcross Grange to cordially... Thrushcross Grange is my own. You have met Joseph. Heathcliff and I are an equal pair except for his surly manner. His appearance was careless, yet oddly handsome. Through instinct, I knew that Heathcliff is guarded in character, outwardly shows only abhorrence for displays of emotion. Still, I will trust in his honour and virtue. He cast a shadow across the room. Joseph, fetch some offcuts for the dogs. Oh, Lord, I'll see to it. These dogs, oh, dogs. Some wine, Mr Lockwood? Visitors are so scared of this house that my dogs and I faintly know how to make a reception. You're not bitten, are you? <laughs> if I were Mr Heathcliff, I'd have fled your dwelling by now. I will fetch some wine. Do stay here, Mr Lockwood. I sensed that Heathcliff did not wish for my intrusion. I took these moments as opportunity for a brief adventure into a sitting room at the end of a long corridor. All this black magic cat. You know how Joseph dislikes your interest. I do not care, and I do not care for his rheumatism. I passed a housewife, scrubbing the floor. One of those vile dogs must have left a mess. The maid failed to notice me. I glanced through the crack of the sitting room door to see Heathcliff's lady. I must admit, I had doubted there was one. Gold curls hung about her young face. I'll show you how far I've advanced in the black arts. Soon I will clear the house of it. She was rattling on to a young man standing tall in front of the fire. His appearance was shabby. Uncultivated curls dragged across his cheeks, stark in contrast to the delightful Mrs Heathcliff. She was reclined into a chair with a book on her lap. 
There was a mutt by the fire. I stepped into the room. Rough weather. Mr Lockwood from Thrushcross Grange. Mr Heathcliff has gone to fetch some wine. Do you care for a glass? I can fetch my own. Mr Lockwood, I suppose you do not mind wandering around strangers' abodes. I have had the pleasure of meeting Mrs Heathcliff and your son, Mr... This young man is assuredly not my son. And Mrs Heathcliff is my daughter-in-law. My name is Hareton Earnshaw. I would ask you to remember that. I have shown no contempt. I'm sure you are a fine gentleman, Mr Earnshaw. Their glares were less than welcoming, and I felt a sudden overwhelming pressure to take leave. Outside the window, an over-hasty darkness came down. It was impossible to distinguish between the moors and the sky, which folded into one under sheets of snow. I don't suspect it would be possible for me to find my way back to the Grange without a guide. The roads would be buried already. Uh, Hareton, direct those few sheep into the porch. They will come to terrible fates if left in the fold overnight. How must I find my way? There was no response. As I turned to walk out of the room, Joseph entered with a bowl of spilling water for the hound. He noticed the book about dark magic upon Mrs Heathcliff's thighs. Some articulate speech proceeded. Shame on you, old child. There's good books enough if you'll read them. Get it gone, think of your soul. That you're a nout, and it's no use talking, you'll never mend. Go right to the devil like your mother afore you. You dishonourable old bag. Are you not afraid of being carried away, body and soul, when you mention the devil's name? Do not provoke me or the spirits. Your rheumatism will not be cured by providential visits. Oh, corruption. Away with you in that sorcery. May the Lord help us. The storm. How must I make my way back? Take the road you came. The best advice I can give. Madam, I am sure you cannot help being so benevolent. But do point out some landmarks. It is pitch black out there. I hope this will serve as a lesson to you, Mr Lockwood, to not make any more unreasonable journeys. As to you staying, you must share a bed with Hareton or Joseph. Or the dogs. I will sleep here, by the fire, so long as you lock those vicious hounds out of the room. You will not. A stranger is a stranger, whether they share my wine or not. It will not be suitable for me to approve any lodgings under my roof. My patience is broken. I am leaving. Earnshaw, I demand a lantern. As I made for the door, two giant hairy brutes launched themselves at me. Get off! My throat! My nose! Blood! <laughs> off! Off! Mr Earnshaw, I wonder what your plan is next. Poor man is wretching. Come here, you. There now. I'll cure that for you. Zilla was the benevolent servant who saved me from the attack. Those devils would have swallowed me alive. As the housemaid held a cloth to my bloodied nose, I grew fainter by the minute. Heathcliff was forced to oblige my stay in his domain, and Zilla assisted me to bed. Zilla requested I hide the candle and not make a sound for her master Heathcliff did not allow lodgers in my chamber. She did not know why. There were too many strange occurrences here. The dull little room held only a chair and a large oak case. I slid back the panels to find a hidden nook, conveniently supplied with a small bed. It appeared to be a hidden closet, complete with a window. I clambered in with my candle, 
shut the panels behind me, sure that I wouldn't be discovered by the unobliging Heathcliff. A pile of musty books sat on the window ledge and scribbled into the paint with the names Catherine Earnshaw, Catherine Heathcliff and Catherine Linton. I noticed my candle burning against the leather of one of the books and pulled it away in haste. It was a stale diary engraved with the following. Catherine Earnshaw, her book, dated from about a quarter of a century ago. Catherine's library of diaries was diverse and the insides were equally varied. Strings of detached sentences and odd contrivances. Her character sparked in me a new intrigue and for the next many hours I set myself to making sense of the diaries. An awful Sunday. I wish my father were back again. Hindley is a detestable substitute. His conduct to Heathcliff is atrocious. H and I are going to rebel. We took our initiatory steps this evening. How little did I dream that Hindley would ever make me cry so. My head aches till I cannot keep it on the pillow. Poor Heathcliff. Hindley calls him a vagabond and won't let him sit with us, nor eat with us anymore. And he says he and I must not play together and threatens to rid him out of the house if we break his orders. He has been blaming our father. How dare he? for treating H too liberally, and swears he will reduce him to his right place. The words began to blur as my eyes struggled to focus. A hand was gripping my arm. My wrist was burning from the thin, pale fingers that locked it. Let me in! Let me in! Please! What do you want? Who are you? Catherine Earnshaw! It's me! Catherine! Who are you? A child? But such pain! I cannot see you clearly! Are you her? Catherine Earnshaw? I'm come home. I lost my way on the moor. I'm come home. Let me in. Loosen your deathly grip, please. A wave of fear made me push the wrist down on the jagged glass until its blood poured onto the bedclothes. Let me go. I will not rest. Let me go if you want me to let you in. I shut my eyes, praying that that thing might leave. Be gone. Be gone, you devil. I would not let you in if you called for 20 years. 20 years? I have been astray for 20 years. Let me in! I was sweating as a violent hand forced open the door. I will never forget the sight before me. Heathcliff stood, spectral and pale in the glowing frame of the doorway. A bright candle dribbled with wax in his hands. Is anyone here? Mr. Mr. Heathcliff! I apologise. I screamed out during my nightmare. I'm awfully sorry to wake you. Oh, God confound you, Mr. Lockwood. Did you see the... But who showed you to this room? I wish you were in the other wing, or the outhouse for that matter. Who was it? I will turn them out of the house this instant. Your housemaid, Zilla. Oh, I should think she deserves it, Mr. Heathcliff. I assume she wanted to get a nose in for proof of the house being haunted. I can assure you. There are many ghosts and goblins here. What in God's name do you mean? And what are you doing? Just lie down and finish off the night since you've already taken the liberty. But for the Lord's sake, do not make that dreadful noise again unless you want your hands tied and throat cut. If that little devil had gotten in through the window, she would have strangled me. I will never engage with your wicked ancestors again. That vile little Catherine Linton, um, Earnshaw, whatever that ghastly changeling was called. She told me she had been walking the earth for 20 years. 20 years! Nasty, impudent soul. 
A fine punishment for her mortal transgressions, don't you think? How, how dare you? How dare you speak to me in this manner under my roof? Utter lunacy! Who in God's name do you think you are? Twenty years! Twenty years! You do not know me! I did not know whether to remain silent or else offer a defence for my disturbance. I could no longer ignore the name Catherine Earnshaw. It manifested in my imagination, over which I have lost control. Heathcliff's breathing was heavy, and not wanting to stir any more undue rage, I gathered myself. The moonlight pierced through the window and caught his face, exposing a tear rolling down his cheek. Not quite three o'clock yet, Mr Heathcliff. Time stagnates here. <sighs> Mr Lockwood, will you take to my room? Please be silent when you take leave in the morning. Your silly little outcry has sent my sleep to the devil. Take the candle. I shall be with you shortly. I turned to leave the room, but paused in the corridor for a moment. It was then when I became witness to the superstition of my landlord. Hysterical, he clambered onto the bed and thrust open the window. It's me! Cathy, come in! Do come, Cathy! Show me your soul! It's me! Heathcliff! Come once more, Cathy, oh, please, oh, hear me this time. Do not leave me in the abyss. <laughs> Ghostly shadow did not reveal its presence. Only the wild winds and fierce snow blew shapes as the candle flicked out. The dawn was quiet. I crept down the staircase to seek out my host. I passed the sitting room of the previous evening and caught a glimpse of them all inside. The daughter-in-law, the young man and Heathcliff, hypnotised by the fire with his back turned. A mutt came hurling down the corridor, violently yapping. I stepped aside as Heathcliff emerged from the room and followed me down the corridor to the front of the house. Any more idle tricks for me, Mr Lockwood? I stayed silent and drew smoke. My landlord offered to accompany me back across the moors, towards my home at Thrushcosh Grange. It was a blustery journey. A thick duvet of snow smothered the moors, filling the quarries and flattening mounds. My host kindly guided me to avoid a fall. We exchanged little other conversation. At Thrushcross Park, he assured me that I could make no wrong turn and took leave. I observed his tall, dark figure fade into the clouds. A mere four miles between us, but a dearth of feeling. Upon entering the Grange, I was warmly welcomed by my house servant, Nellie, who had believed me to be dead. She was prepared to search for my frozen remains. <coughs> I am retired to my study now, sat by the comfort of the fire Nellie has prepared. That awful night at the Heights has given me a ceaseless cold, to which I see no end. <coughs> The lingering letters of the name Catherine followed me all the way home, and the shadow of Heathcliff refuses to fade. I will stop writing now, for I can hear Nellie at the door, waiting with some warm ailments, no doubt. I must know more.